Hello, friends, and welcome to the Path to Gritness podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jason Willard, and I am so excited today to have Kyle freaking Loveridge <laughs> on my podcast. That's right. Um, Kyle is a longtime friend, um, somebody that I've looked up to for majority of my life. So I'm super excited to have him on. I think he's uh, somebody that just exudes grit and mental toughness. Um, and I think that he's one of those people that if you look deeply into his life, you realize that it's been there throughout uh, his entire life. So Kyle, welcome. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, so to start off with our listeners, you know, this is the number one numero uno podcast. <laughs> I'm honored, for man. For the path to greatness. And um, to kind of have you guys catch our vision, we, we are trying to help men become better men, women become better women, and all through strengthening your mind. Um, and recently, uh, Kyle's been through a, a few things that I was able to see and just inspired me a ton. So uh, w I'm sure we'll get into that later, um, sure. but let's go ahead and uh, start in. So I would like to ask just first question, Kyle, with mental toughness, what is a childhood memory um, that you have where you had to be mentally tough? Yeah, yeah. Uh I feel like this is, I hope this isn't skirting your question too much. Um, as I, I kind of reflect on that question a little bit, I definitely think of um, my parents. I, I just think of my, our vacations. Our vacations were not <laughs> vacations. And I know your family was very similar. Yeah. That, um, as I, I've, I've learned to kind of categorize fun into two different camps where you've got type one fun, which is like the typical fun you think of where you're actually like enjoying yourself in the moment. And then there's the type two fun where it sucks in the moment and it's so <laughs> uncomfortable, but afterward you're so pumped that you did it. Well, my parents raised us that we did those outings and vacations like were always just the type two fun. Yeah. Like it was camping. It was, you know, the, the deer or the elk hunts or it was snowmobiling. And um, those experiences, as I, I look back on those, they were oftentimes very uncomfortable throughout, but um, always reaped like, the rewards were always much greater after. And, um, and so I, I definitely have a lot of memories of, of those situations, of, of camping or, or hunting. Um, hunting especially because, well, even, I, you know, I remember instances with your family, you know, where we would be um, hiking all day and very uncomfortable. And um, I, I have a very vivid picture of all of us clinging on to your horse's harness. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And Chelsea, the horse, pulling us all up this mountain. And we're all just exhausted and dying and just so tired. And your horse is just packing us up this hill. But that's like that's like what my childhood like was. I feel like my parents just always ha had that attitude. I don't I don't know that they, you know, maybe they did intentionally. Um, they never told us that they were, but it seemed like all of those types of activities that we did together were around those things, uncomfortable things that had goals, and um, and it was just normal. Like that's just what our our experiences were. And yeah. so, you know, freezing on a horse for hours at a time, like that that was our fun growing up. <laughs> and and anyway, I think a lot of those things were just 
the type two fun that really built who I am and created, I think, a lot of character for us. Yeah, yeah. And I, what's funny is, uh, being a parent now, you realize that that was not fun for our parents. <laughs> no, <either>. like <laughs> packing up for camping sucks. Yeah, like, it is not fun to do that. Yeah, the uh, the aftermath of those type type two experiences are just incredible. Right. Um. So. Right. Seriously, uh, you know, as we talk about that, you know, when you pinpoint back in your mind when you were growing up, you know, who was that mentor, that person that you saw as somebody that just pushed you in your mental space? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us, you know, for better or worse, our first mentors are our parents and our, you know, our, our siblings around us. Um, and so automatically my thought goes to them of kind of just setting the tone of a mindset that we had, um, growing up. And once again, they never like sat me down and be like, this is the mindset you should have. Yeah. It was just sheer example that, that they, they set. Um, of course, later on in life, when I, I developed my own relationship with God, like that became like my, uh, you know, my mentor, um, in just some really realistic and, and, um, vivid ways. Um, it created those lessons for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of those lessons, like what would you say is the top two lessons that you learned from that? Yeah. Uh, my parents, I think their priorities um, is definitely one of the, the, the best valuable lesson that they passed on. Um, is They not only, it was just very obvious what their priorities were because that's, it's just reflected what they did with their time, you know, and on a consistent basis. It wasn't, um, you know, just once a year, they're going to profess what their priorities were. It's, I knew what they were because it's how they lived their life. Um, and so that, that sheer grit and determination to be consistent just blows my mind how they did that as parents. Cause I, it's so hard, <laughs> so hard to be consistently a good dad. Um, but my parents and I'm, I'm the fifth child. So maybe they got out most of their mistakes, you know, with the other siblings, but I feel like my parents just killed it. Like they did such a good job, yeah. um, at being consistent. And then uh, I think my, my second lesson as I think of, you know, God as, as my other mentor, um, it, it's taken me a while to figure out, but realizing that, like, the difficulties in life, it, it's what the life, it's what this is. You know, our, our, our purpose here is not to avoid pain or to avoid hardship. Um, our purpose is to become something better and become something greater. And the only way to do that is outside of our comfort zone. And by definition, it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, and so I think, you know, from God, just like lean into those experiences, lean into the discomfort, lean into those things that make you uncomfortable, that are painful and hard, because uh, that's what's going to shape you into, you know, to what he wants you to be. And um, anyway, so, yeah, I, I think a lot of people put so much effort into avoiding discomfort. Yeah. Um, and avoiding pain, um, but leaning into that, 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 hey, that's that's part of the gig. That's what's going to shape you. I was going to say that uh, God's all about that type two fun. Oh huh? <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that, and I uh, I think I recognize at a, a young age, I, I realized that my parents um, – they weren't about the the luxurious life, the you know t type one type of fun, making sure that you know we're doing all that stuff. 
don't get me wrong, we we experienced that sometimes, but very rarely did we do that. And it all ha- came with, hey, how am I going to push my child mm-hmm. to the very limits and right. and and help them to to learn that? I think it's just awesome that um, because of your parents, you gained a greater relationship with God. Yeah, so yeah, that's way cool. Um, and I I kind of wanted to take time. Uh, you know, zooming out a bit, I think we realize how that's not the norm in our society today. When you look at our society today, you know, what are some things that stick out that just are scare you and make you feel like a deer in the headlight for your kids? Um, the things that stick out. Well, I what I'm realizing is that Unless my kids constantly choose to be uncomfortable, that they are going to go through life, potentially live a long time, and just miss the boat. Like, they're not going to know what this life has to offer. You know, I feel like they would just live a shadow of what this life should be or could be. Um, And it it didn't used to be this way, you know, thousands of years ago, you know, even just, just over 500 years ago, if you were were weak you know if you were without grit you just didn't survive yeah like <laughs> you just didn't you weren't there right and and uh, you couldn't pass on your genes and like your line just died uh but i feel like for kind of the first time um we can be weak we can be weak and at the same time feel like we are living this life and for the same and at the same time feel like we're living this life yeah Does that makes sense yeah absolutely and i don't think that used to be possible before but now it really scares me that um, no one is no one's going to care about my kid's life or my life more than my kids will or more than I will. No one's coming to save them. No one has their best interest at heart, and they have to decide to be uncomfortable. They have to push themselves to that limit because no one else is going to. I was going to say, and society is not pushing anyone in that direction. no. no whatsoever it's the exact opposite that they're gonna have to be swimming upstream the whole time yeah um totally agree and i think that as our children um look around them that it's very important for us to be able to have a relationship with them that is one of love and and one that they cling to otherwise they're going to look around them and see their friends and say mom and dad why you know, why are you being so hard on me when their life's so easy? They're getting a phone at this age. You know, all of those things. I mean, it was happening when, when I was younger, you know, somebody's getting a phone, but I always knew deep down that my parents had my best interests at heart. Um, and so that's, that's one thing that I just think is huge that we make sure that because there's a lot of, um, people that could look into it and, know be very uh generalist like uh militaristic about how they approach things Mm -hmm. um and if it's not with love in there our our, our kids aren't going to follow it yeah yeah that's a good point yeah our kids are definitely going to stick out and um that's that's i guess preparing them for that telling them that's okay that's a big part of what, what we need to do yeah if you were to look at our society kyle what what would you say is the number one contributor to why we are mentally weak we see so much um mental anxiety and 
depression and all of these things that are piling up on us, what would you say is that number one thing that is contributing to that? Um, I don't think our, our physiology is meant to live this way. Um, our bodies were designed to do very different things than we're having our bodies do right now. Uh, you think about the, the diet that we have very different than what our bodies have evolved to become and our, what our bodies have evolved to digest and to use as, as nutrients. Um, our, our lifestyle is very different than what our bodies were meant to do. You know, I can go to work and I can, I can sit for eight hours a day and complete my work and go home. But my body's not designed to do that. And so I'm going to suffer unless I intervene, unless I do something, um, my body's going to, it's just not going to function well, right? Yeah. And I think what we've done is we've created this whole bunch of just band-aids with technology, with medicine, uh, even social band-aids with, you know, if uh, we can't afford our own health care, like there are safety nets. And I'm not not dogging on, on any of that, you know, to some degree. Uh, that's just kind of the reality of it yeah. is if if we didn't want to take care of our bodies or if we didn't push ourselves there's there's a so there's a band-aid yep. for almost all of that that uh we can just if you know if we didn't take action we could live that shadow of the life that i kind of mentioned before and there's all those those technology band-aids that we as society can slap on there and just get you through life you know yeah. and you'll be you might live to 60 and it'll be an empty life, but you might feel like, oh, okay, I checked all the boxes of life. And I, I was going to say, it's, it. It, it's like living your life in a coma, right? Like, yeah. is your heart beating? Yes. Are you uh, functioning, all your vitals functioning? Yes. But it doesn't mean that you're experiencing life right. the way it was meant to be experienced. And and before, you know, looking through history, like those, the the discomfort was forced upon you. You didn't have to seek it out. Yeah. In fact, our bodies have evolved to seek comfort, right? Like yeah. our body's not telling us it's a bad thing to seek comfort. Um, it's just the first time in, in, you know, in human history that we, that that's a bad thing where we have an overabundance of, of comfort. We have an overabundance of food. We have an overabundance of, of these things. And um, it's like the first time that we actually have to, limit ourselves whereas before just the natural environment limited that does that make sense right yep absolutely because it it required that of you no matter what uh, otherwise like you said you're dead yeah <laughs> so well you think about it i mean all of your like every single one of your ancestors did that yeah. right like it really sucked to be like the one that <laughs> cuts that off because every, everyone in your line could do it but yeah What's been really fun lately, and you know, you as listeners, I challenge you to do this. We we've really looked back at our our generations and and what our ancestors have done before us. Yeah, um, learning and understanding their stories and the hardships that they handled totally makes me feel like such a wuss. <laughs> like <laughs> it definitely it, it really just builds into you and and makes you realize that unless I change something right now, yeah. I am not going to live up to my potential. Right. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Uh, personally, is not living up to my potential. Well, and even like a thought that I just had, you know, comparing kind of a more of a historic human life to our modern day, I even feel like to some degree, that's kind of how our families grew up. 
like your family was definitely more of a you know traditional family farm business you guys have worked together um and your parents probably didn't have to get too creative to like have type two experiences for you or to instill hard work because that was just the gig yeah we as a family you know you guys you'd work together and um you know the the present that you got for your birthday, you knew exactly where that money came from, how it was made, how much sweat went into that because you were involved with yeah. that, you know. Yeah. And I saw that much more connected uh, in your situation growing up where with my family, my parents did have to put a little more effort. Like I said, I don't know if it was intentional. I should probably ask them about it. But they did have to put more effort into those things. It's yeah. like it wasn't forced upon our family quite like it was yours. That man, you guys had to be tough because yeah. that's just the cr- the situation you guys created. Yeah. And this anyway, yeah. I envied that. The uh, breeding season uh, came no matter whether <laughs> you liked right, it or not. Right. right? It didn't matter <laughs> so how cold it was. <laughs> it didn't was, matter. It was uh, definitely an interesting time, and 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 uh, like like I've talked about before, that recreating that is very hard. Oh yeah very very hard in our day and age um you know my my dad recently just pelted out of the mink because the market's not there so like it is getting consistently harder to build that kind of lifestyle for for your kids and for your family right so you know how do you feel like as parents we can go ahead and instill mental toughness and maybe what what have you done with with your kids to try and instill mental toughness well, my, my immediate thought was kind of like, what did my parents do? And what did most of the parents do in our neighborhood? Well, they sent they sent us to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we went to you guys to help help and, you know, things like that. And um, and so I, I think that's that's probably part of it is, especially now, we do need, need to get creative. That my lifestyle and right now with my kids is very different from my parents' lifestyle, you know, raising us. Um, and so, and as much as I would like to recreate that, like you said, we need to be more intentional and more creative. Um, so I think the first thing, as, as I think about this, I think the first thing is we have to be that example. Your kids need to see you doing hard things. Your kids need to see the struggle. They need to see you having the grit. Um, and that way when uh, you know they come across those things, at least they have the example of how that goes. But then some things that, that we've done is we've created that, and we've, um, like I said, we've created opportunities for our kids to, to do hard things and to experience endurance and experience discomfort and experience uh, what it's like to have a goal and work towards that goal and then help them, you know, understand what it feels like and, and help them realize what the reward feels like yeah. at the end of it. Um, yeah. And you were telling me a little bit about uh, maybe some like ex- things that you've created for your kids to be able to experience yeah. that. What can you give us a little bit of an idea yeah. of what that was? Yeah, so the last couple of years, uh, I've got a buddy that has kids about the same age, and um, uh, we just took our oldest on on these first two. But very intentionally, me and my friend, we, we talked about, all right, we want to we create this trip, and um, we want to make it hard, physically hard for our kids. And we want to create opportunities for us to pass on lessons and to be very intentional about uh what we're doing with our time the whole time and um anyways so the first one is we just thought we'd do this hike up to this this beautiful lake um 
Silver Lake yeah. above Bay of Canyon. That's yeah. where we did our first one. And first off, we just like really built it up in, in my, my kid's mind. Like I spent, we spent months talking about it beforehand. Yeah. We spent months going over what we were going to do, what it was going to look like. We got him a, a backpack and we, we practiced because uh, he wasn't physically able to do what we wanted him to do in his current situation months before. And so we had to put his gear in his backpack and we would do practice hikes up by our house and we would go as far as he could go and stop. And um, so we'd practice that until he was strong enough to go on the hike. And in preparation, we also... Uh, this <laughs> a um, little bit different. We uh, we have trail names, and so I'm not not gonna say them on air because <laughs> they're they're cheesy. Very 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 cheesy, but we we created trail names for our kids, yeah. and there was meaning behind them, and we made that a big deal, and we carved little. Uh, you know, we we talked about me and my buddy. All right, what's like if there was one lesson we could teach our kid this year what's that one lesson? And we, we talked about what that was. And that one was that you are a daughter or son of, of a king, of a higher being. Yeah. And we felt like foundationally, if they remember nothing else in their life, that's what we want them to remember. We created little tokens that would remind them of that and uh, like a little remembrance pouch that they could keep it in. Anyway, so there was a lot of preparation that went into this. And we did the hike and it was so hard. <laughs> so there, there was just oftentimes where I'm like, I was pushing myself because I'm not in great physical shape, but I was pushing myself for how much I was carrying because we were going to stay days. And uh, and we had to take tons of breaks because it was really hard for the kids and but because they, they had they were carrying all they could at the time. But I'll tell you what, like there's this this picture that we took at the top and Wyatt's face is just like just streaked with dirt. Right. Because <laughs> he's got the sweat and then a tear or two just streaking his face. But this picture up the top is he's just got the biggest smile on his face. And it, it's a smile that, like, he earned. Yeah. You know, he earned that smile. He earned that feeling. And I've got his face just burned into my head. And that's what I want to recreate with him. He did something so hard that he prepared for. And it was physically hard. It was mentally hard. It was a teamwork effort. And when he got to the top, he just had this amazing feeling. And we we've reflected on that ever since and so we've created trips like that the second one was more of a canoeing trip which was difficult for them as well but we've like i said we've had to create these and it's not it's not convenient because my buddy lives in arizona like yeah who flies from arizona to hike to silver lake you know like that doesn't <laughs> like no one does that with a bunch of whiny kids i know yeah <laughs> no one does that but we know it's important and so you know we we're, we're putting resources into it yeah because we see the value of that yeah so it's definitely an investment that's going to pay out you know, yeah in the long term you know yes th they may dislike it the discomfort that's there but they will never ever be able to forget that time and the best part about it is that they dug deep yeah to make that happen yeah um there's going to be times in their lives where they're going to have to dig deep, right? Um, multiple scenarios, and you know what? Life's not fair. I don't know if anybody's not told you this, but <laughs> life's not Surprise! fair. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to have to dig deep sometimes. And yeah. I think when – and this is not all mental uh, – like mental um, 
illnesses and stuff like that. Like I know that there's stuff that's very deep and uh, that's uh, more than just on the surface. But I feel like if we prepare our kids mentally um, and give them those small wins, they will reserve on that right. later on in their life. Yeah. And when they go to dig deep, it's always there. Right. Um, so anyways, totally understand that. And I think that the being a very good example of that is the most important part, right? They have to see you physically struggle. They have to see you uh, have hard times as well. And I think too often, you know, us as parents, we, we try and protect our kids from seeing the hard. Right. And it's one of the biggest detrimental things that we can do to them is not allow them to see how hard everything is. You know, and it's like you talked about with, with my dad. I, I was able to see what it took to get that money mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we bought all of our stuff with. So, um, how in the, you know, society are we going to be able to help prepare them without working side by side with them all day, every day, you know, you, you explain those, um, experiences that you tried to create for your kids now. Um, but to be that example, uh, you know, you just went through a recent experience that totally helped shape you. And it sounds like you had a, a great experience with it. Uh, what was that? And, and tell us as much as you can <laughs> without, I know it's weird. <laughs> I get that <laughs> without, uh, yeah. Confusing us. So if you really want to dig, dig deep into what all of that was about, there's an amazing book called the comfort crisis by Michael Easter. So, Everyone go read that, and it'll make a lot more sense. I'll try to hit what I can, but um, it, it is kooky and kind of weird. So the idea, and it's called Masogi, and I, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of cool, I mean, there is a cool meaning behind that word. It just, no one can remember that word, so I hate even saying it. It's That's kind of it. We're going to change it, and we'll let you know, know. what it is Thank on you. the next few episodes. Yeah, let's do that. But. Anyway, so they're called Masogi Challenges, and basically the idea is that, uh, you're creating an experience for yourself, you know, once or twice a year. And this experience is going to follow a couple guidelines. The first one being, it just needs to be crazy hard. Uh, the guideline is, you know, if you were to, to try to analyze it, that you'd have a 50% success rate at the time of doing it. So it's not like, you know, setting a goal for a marathon and it's six months down the road and you're like, oh, well, yeah, right now, you know, I 50% fail rate. No, it's it's like fifty percent when you start, so you can wow. you can train all you you know train train train, but like when you start it, it needs to be fifty percent fail rate, and that that does a lot of, of psychological things for you. For one, you're just attempting something crazy hard, and then two, it's that you it's okay to fail. Like that's it needs to be fine to fail. Uh, very few times do we do something where it has a fifty percent fail rate. Yeah. We we just don't do that, um, and it, so it. There's a, a psychological piece to that. And uh, the, <laughs> the way I can tell if it's 50% failure is when I say it out loud and my wife hears it, the face she makes. Like, yep. I, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> she lets me know if it's a really dumb idea or not. Like all of my business ideas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. yep. That's yep. it. She has a very animated forehead that <laughs> it's incredibly useful in our marriage because I know exactly what she's thinking all the time just by, uh, you know, her forehead. So it really helps me understand that if it's a – a crazy idea or not. Anyway, and so the, the second principle is um, 
that you can't die. So just because it's hard doesn't mean it needs to be dangerous. Yeah. And you need to take a lot of precautions to to make sure it's not dangerous. Um, and I mean, nothing's worth just dying like that or seriously hurting yourself. And then the third principle to that is that it needs to be unique enough uh, that you can't really compare your experience to others. And part of that is that you're not just like advertising it. You're not, you know, first rule fight club. You're not just, uh, you know, talking about it all the time. Yeah. Because there's another psychological piece to that too, that if you're doing it for that, it's really going to limit what activity, you know, what experiences you're going to do. Because you want to have a good outcome if you're planning to talk about the outcome. But then also, this was a lot harder than I expected it to be when you do the experience and people ask you about it. I'm really tempted to to make it more than it was, yeah. like to say that I went farther than I actually did. Or, and it's amazing. People ask you because they want to compare how they would have done if they were in your shoes. And yeah. avoiding that, you know, really helps and, and alleviates a lot of that. Um, anyway, so my my experience was I, I wanted to run um, basically from my house to work. And uh, I mean, there's a big elevation climb to that. It's a really unique trail. Uh, there's um, it's basically kind of a route that no one can really replicate. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the unique part of it that makes it easy for me to like talk about it, but no one can really can compare. And my goal was just to find out how far I could run without stopping. That was kind of my first thing. And then how far after that I could physically walk. Gotcha. And I, I found, I, <laughs> they, both of those points were very clear in my mind exactly how far it was. What was so interesting, though, is I, I, I had to deviate from one of my, my original routes. Um, and so I, I deviated, and I went up on, like, maybe a little bit higher trail. And the trail that I had to stay on seemed longer than the trail that I would have been on. And psychologically, that killed me. And, <laughs> like, it was, like, at that point that I couldn't run any further. It, it, it was amazing. I don't know. Like, just that tiny little stumbling block is what threw me off and, like, boop, I'm done done running. Uh, so that was, that was really interesting. And then uh, another incredible lesson that I learned was um, outside of your comfort zone is not pretty. It, like, it's not. It's, it, when you see Olympians, when you see people, like, like uh, accomplishing and, and, you know, getting the gold or, or whatever at the end, like they, they seem so majestic and so awesome. Well, that's because they're like, they're in there. That's their comfort zone. Yeah. Like out of the comfort zone. I, oh, I look so bad. I look so <laughs> ridiculous. I, I was terrified people would stop and try to pick me up. Cause I just look <laughs> wounded, like walking through this town. It's like a really hip town that I ended up in. And like people are exercising and running and I just look like, it's like a zombie, like just like limping through this town. Um, sir, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like I'm very uh, sensitive to like social pressures, and so like that was on my mind. Like yeah. I look stupid. This is ridiculous. Someone's gonna pick me up. I'm gonna have to explain all this. I don't want to explain all this. Um, but that was a really valuable lesson. That outside your comfort zone is not pretty. It's yeah. you're gonna look ugly. You're gonna be drooling. Like it's just, it's not. And um. I it was really cool sharing that experience with my kids. Uh, you know, they came and picked me up after, and they saw what like I just looked ridiculous. <laughs> but I think it was good for them to see me struggle and struggle just for the sake of struggling. Yeah. And um, anyway, so that that was my my Masogi experience not too long ago. Um, 
I had a Masogi like experience six months before that. Had some amazing results happen from that. Yeah. It just like in my work. And just really, really cool miracles. And if that was kind of like an isolated event, I uh, I wouldn't have associated the two things. But then with this one, I was really intentional of like, hey, these are my goals, and I'm going to do it at the same time that I do my Masogi. Yeah. And these are goals I've been working on for a decade. And like it's just amazing the momentum that can come in other parts of your life when you're doing something hard. Yeah. Um, anyway, it, it created some really cool things. I was going to say, it is that wake effect that basically, you know, if you really plow through on a certain portion of it, everything behind that just continually follows. Yeah. Right? You're able to see those ripple effects throughout the rest of your life. And um, I, I know that um, action is one of the hardest things to do. Um, but when you do that, it, it just feels like there's there's somebody pushing you along behind your back that continually pushes you. Um, so because of that experience, uh, I, you know, you mentioned just yesterday that uh, about that book. I had never heard about that book before then. Yeah. And I, I'm an hour away from finishing Are it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. It's the best, right? So good. It is so good. So good. Good. And just realizing that our comfort zone will continue to shrink. Yeah. And, you know, it just continues to get closer and closer and closer in our day and age. And then to realize that your, your outer ring of what you can accomplish, it doesn't get smaller. Mm-hmm. And, and if anything, it can grow. And so I think it's so important that we go outside our comfort zone, that we push as far as we can into what our limits are and what our potential is. Right. Um, because that's when you learn the most about yourself. As you were running, as you were, um, you know, having that Masogi experience, what did you learn about yourself at that time? Um, I definitely learned, well, I, I learned, I definitely have some arrogance. <laughs> it was like, so I, I'd gotten to a point where I, I ran further than I'd ever run before. And immediately my, my mind was like, oh, well, how about at the end of this, I just circle the blocks, you know, the block a whole bunch of times to, to go further. Yeah. That's so stupid. Like <laughs> I just, I needed to be humble. I like, I don't know. I just felt like so strong and like. Oh, I'm going to do this. Um, anyways, that was a really humbling moment, which was good for me. The other thing, of course, was the, uh, I, I, I mean, I said a second ago, but the most valuable thing I learned there is if someone's looking good, that's they're not out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And if I'm looking good and feeling good, I'm not out of my comfort zone either, which means I'm not growing. Yep. And if, I, if I've gone months without looking like an idiot, I'm doing something wrong. I need to be looking like an idiot much more often because uh, then I know I'm growing and then I know I'm stretching and, and, um, and uh, you know, improving in different ways. So against human nature. It, like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, that. exactly. Because, I mean, we, we've evolved to seek that comfort and, and we never had to go out of our comfort zone before. Uh, but now we do. And anyway. Yeah. Well, we, we were forced out of our comfort zone before. Exactly. Now we're not forced out of it. And um, we have to force ourselves out. I guess that's more like what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. So as, as you um, have developed your mental toughness, as you've you know grown into that, if you were to give advice to 
you know, somebody that is just barely starting to, yeah. to lift the weights of mental toughness, what would you recommend to them or, or suggest to them to do? Right. Um, I, you got to get, you got to get your vision clear. Uh, this is something that I've been working on myself uh, the past couple of years and something I've been um, consulting on lately with, with some other people. And um, the guy I'm working with now, I mean, he's, he's very high net worth. He's, you know, just, but he's just wanting to start out a new business and, uh, or grow his business. And this is what we're working on together. I, and so my point is like, it's, this should never end. Like you always need to be doing this no matter what level you're at, but knowing where you're going and what your pain is for, I think that that is so vital that uh, when you're you're scrimping and saving that it has meaning and purpose behind that. Yeah. Um, instead of just focusing on the discomfort of it. And so my advice is like, look, where do you want to be in ten years? Honestly, in twenty years, in ten years, and then you know back it back it all the way down and and get as detailed as possible of what you want your life to look like in in, in ten years, and what's it going to feel like and and what people are you going to have around you um, and back it all the way back and see, you know, what, what do you need to be doing next month to make that happen? Um, but then also vital to that is really understanding where you are right now. That way you can kind of have that gap analysis of like, that's where I want to be. This is where I am now. Uh, you really got to understand who you are, your values. And um, that otherwise you can't really, go anywhere unless you know where you are as a person and you've got to be like brutally honest well, well that's that why point. you have a wife <laughs> yeah exactly. that's why you need to have a relationship with someone <laughs> that can tell the truth and your relationship not be over yeah like that's what you need in your, and that that's like one of the biggest values in marriage is that you've got someone that will just be completely honest with you that will call you out on your crap which is oh <laughs> such an advantage it so really good. really is and and i i hope everyone has a relationship like that where they can be honest with, with who you are because otherwise a lot of times we're just going to fool ourselves. Yep. Um, and so having that vision is going to make the pain, like I said, mean something that way. It's not, I'm just, um, cause it's, it's painful to not just watch Netflix. Like if yeah. deciding not to watch Netflix that night, that's painful and deciding to work on a podcast and said that's pain. But if you understand what your value or you understand what your vision is, then it makes that pain mean something. Yeah. Well, Netflix isn't going to get me to where I want to be working on my podcast is. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I would I would suggest. That way you can assign meaning to, to your discomfort. Yeah. And I, I think it is very important to realize that without that vision, I mean, there's so many different reasons we can have pain in this life, right? Yeah. And <coughs> it doesn't bring us to the result that we want at the end of it if you don't have uh -huh. that, right? So I think it's really important that we're, we're running in the right direction and, and so valuable to have that crystal clear vision. Do not go into it uh, with a vague, you know, just a bad idea of where you want to head with right. things. And, like, oh, yeah, I'll just try whatever and, and maybe I'll get there. Yeah. Um, it's like choose your suck. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard like, that. Like life's going to suck. But choose what kind of suck you want. You know, like if you're, you know, apathetic and you're just not doing with your anything with your life, the consequences is is pain. Like there's gonna be sucky things happen in your life. Yeah. Or you can choose which pain you want to pursue that actually leads to something. Life's gonna be hard, no yeah. matter which way you go with it. Choose choose your hard. 
Well, and I think, um, so if I was to choose one word that this podcast has kind of summed up and, and, uh, pumped into it has been intentionality. Yeah. You know, you've intentionally taught your kids certain things. You've intentionally, um, decided to work on effort, uh, on parts of your life that will develop you more. So one takeaway that I see from all of this, be intentional, be visionary in what you're going to accomplish and make sure that you've got somebody with a crystal clear lens that can help you right. move forward in that. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, uh, at the end of this, you and I need to sit down and look at what that 10 year thing looks like for me. That's right. Because, uh, you know, Kyle's doing that more and more with, with other people around him um, and, and really trying to help them see that 10 year vision. So, any help I can get from you, on that, <laughs> I will reach out. Let's so, do it. And I hope our, our listeners will as well. Um, man, I think this is loaded with so many good nuggets in there. Kyle, is there anything that you'd like to, to wrap up with or, or say as you went through your experiences? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, in kind of just reinforcing what you've said with intentionality, no one's going to do it for you. Um, we really kind of created a culture where there's a lot of different, you know, governments and things that will take care of you if you don't act. Yeah. And like, and you'll have, you'll, you might think you'll have a fine life that way. Yeah. You know, you will live a long, long time. You can, um, you know, be on government, uh, medical plans and things like that. Um, and I, I'm terrified that a lot of people will just live their life that way. Oh. And it, no one's, no one's going to push you to excellence and, and you really have to decide on your own to do that. And so that's, I, I don't know, that's kind of my call to action of like, no one's going to do it for you. And this life is already, I'm just blown away. I feel like we're very young, but like, yeah. how are we this age already at this stage in this life? And it's going so fast. And, uh, I, you know, I, I want you guys to, to choose your, choose your life and pursue it. And uh, life's going to be painful either way. So just choose the right pain that gets you where you want to be. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. So grateful to have you on this podcast. Uh, please re-listen to this over and over again. There's some really good nuggets in there. Um, Kyle, as our listeners listen to this, what are ways that they can go ahead and follow you? You know, what what are you trying to accomplish in the yeah. next little bit? And you know, how can they uh, kind of sink their teeth in yeah well for you know for the last month is the first time where i've kind of made myself more publicly available before it was more just uh more intimate relationships that my consulting and stuff has kind of grown um so i created my my instagram for the first time like two (laughs) days ago i know (laughs) been bumming off my wife's facebook for like (laughs) 10 years so i do have a facebook now page told me it's called a handle that uh anyway it's kyle leverage five awesome is the the instagram handle uh, that, that you'd look for. And, um, that, that's where, you know, a lot of this stuff can, you know, that I connect with you. Um, like, like Jason mentioned, you know, going through the, uh, the vision, um, you know, something that I, I'd love to do with, with listeners and something I've done the last little bit and enjoyed that a lot. Um, but then also for the first time this year, you know, we're, we're opening up those, those experiences that we're doing with our kids that we want to do a, just a couple maybe this year, uh, with other people. Gotcha. That's that's an open invitation to um, to set that up with you know, with your listeners and 
um, create those type of experiences for them. Yeah, yeah. So reach out to Kyle Loveridge Five yep. on Facebook, um, Instagram. If you have Instagram, sorry, Instagram. Yeah. Um, if you have any desire to go ahead and do that with your kids, just awesome, awesome experiences. Being intentional about all of this, and, and I love it. Um, so I hope that you guys are fired up. I hope you guys realize um, what it takes to really succeed in this day and age. And one one thing that um, that I've read about and and learned and understood is that you know the most uh, success, the kids that are most successful are the ones that um, have grit and have resilience. So as you're teaching your kids this week, also this is my my quick tip yeah. for me. Um, make sure that you are intentional with your kids and, and help them uh, to develop that mental toughness. All right. That's all I've got. Thank you so much, Thank Jason. you so much for being here, Kyle. Really loved it. And uh, listeners, let's grit to it. Thanks. <laughs>